0: understand the concept. Our Lord did talk around this concept when he taught on this particular parable, and that's in Luke chapter 19, verse 15 to 27. Scripture says, And so it was that when he returned, talking, um, uh, well, our Lord's talking about the parable of referring to himself, really, having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money, and called to him, that he might know how much each man had gained by trading. Then came the first saying, Master, your mina has earned 10 minas. And he said to him, well done, good servant, because you were faithful in a very little, have authority over 10 cities. And the second came saying, Master, your mina has earned five minas. Likewise, he said to him, you also be over five cities. Then another came saying, Master, here is your mina, which I have kept put away in a handkerchief. And I feared you because you were an austere man, you collect what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, Out of your mouth I will judge you, you wicked servant. You knew that I was an austere man, collecting what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank that in my coming I might have collected it with interest? And he said to those who stood by, take the mina from him and give it to him who has ten minas. But they said to him, Master, he has ten minas. For I say to you that to everyone who has will be given. And from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. But bring here those enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them and slay them before me. And so this parable that Jesus taught about the reward that will be given to his his saints uh, when he comes back to the earth is very instructive for us because we see in this parable that one saint will be given authority over ten cities another over five but another saint gets authority over no cities so we need to understand the concept because it's not taught very clearly in the church Um, And in order for us to understand the concept, uh, we need to now start looking again at numbers because by looking at numbers, it just makes things more real for us and we can then uh, get a clearer understanding of how our Lord's reign will actually work. In the earth today, um, there is a combination, a a total number of combination of these three, cities, towns and villages. Now villages is a very small community, a little hamlet for argument's sake. So the combination of cities, towns and villages in the earth today, there's a total number of 2.5 million of those in the earth. No more. Well, I wouldn't say no more. You know, 100,000 give or take either side. But that's the total number. It's a large number, 2.5 million cities, towns and villages. Now. If we take the number of the saints coming back to the earth, and let's just say, for argument's sake, that it's 250 million saints that return to the earth with our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we have a problem, because now we've got 250 million saints wanting to reign over 2.5 million cities, towns, and villages. A combination of that. And clearly, that's not enough, because that makes 100 saints to every village on the earth, or every city, every town. So there's not enough to go around. So how do we reconcile the numbers with what every saint seems to think, that when our Lord returns, they're going to be given 10 cities, or they're going to be given five cities, or they'll be given one city, maybe. But there's not enough to go around, so how do we reconcile the numbers? Well, we reconcile the numbers by looking at the third servant, because the third servant in this parable that our Lord taught um, received no inheritance. He was given authority over, no cities, and in fact he had his meter taken away and given to the one who had ten. And so that kind of ind- indicates to us that that particular saint will be placed under the, the authority of the saint who had authority over ten cities. And so that's how God will do this. There's going to be many saints on their day of judgment who will not receive an inheritance because of their chosen lifestyles. There are a, lot, a lot of saints still practice a lot of sin in their lives. Um, our Lord, in the, through the Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, taught around the same concept, 1 Corinthians 3 verse 15, when he spoke about the two ministers of the gospel. The one who built with silver, gold, and precious stones, and the other one built with wood, hay, and stubble. He said that their works would be tried by fire on that day, and the works that remain, there would be reward forthcoming. The works that were burned up, there would be no reward. And so clearly the minister of the gospel in that teaching, who built with wood, uh, hay and stubble, had all of his works burned up. Paul says to us, but nevertheless he will be saved, but so as by fire. So he received no reward on his day of judgment, but he still remained in the kingdom of God. But he had no reward. And so that third servant that our Lord spoke about is in exactly the same category. Still part of the kingdom, but no reward. No reigning over any cities in the kingdom of God going forward. And so it's a concept we need to understand because, as I say, it's not a concept that is taught very clearly in the church. And so it's important for us. That's why Paul, he says, guys, when you run your race, run in such a way that you may obtain the prize. A lot of the saints will not obtain the prize on their day because they've just not run their race in that manner that they are qualified to be, receive their crowns from the Lord on that day. And there's going to be a lot of them. Now, um, with regards to this, um, yeah, I think I have pretty much covered the point uh, that there are going to be saints that will be placed under the rulership of other saints. And the Lord was very clear about that when he spoke to the 12 apostles of the land, that they would rule and govern over other saints as well. And so um, that's pretty much how that side of it will, will work. But nevertheless, the saints will still rule over the unbelieving nations. So not all the saints will in fact rule over the unbelieving nations physically. In other words, that they will be given ten cities or five cities or, or one city even. A lot of saints will receive none of that. They will be part of the kingdom. Oh yes, that's the point that I wanted to raise with regards to the parable that our Lord taught. He then closed it off by saying, but bring those servants of mine who didn't want me to reign over them and slay them before me. That's talking about the unbelievers, not talking about that third servant. That third servant remains in the kingdom but just has no inheritance. So We need to, need to understand the concept. And so we do have some of the saints that will be now ruling over ten cities, five cities, etc. So how will that work? Because we've said that all the saints will be housed in the geographic location of the Middle East around the city of Jerusalem as its capital and um, not be living in the various parts of the earth. So how will the saint who's now been given authority over ten cities do that and still remain in the city of Jerusalem or in that geographic location? Well, we pick it up um, in this passage of Scripture here, Isaiah 60, verse 10 to 16. Scripture says, For the sons of foreigners shall build your walls, and their kings shall minister to you. For in my wrath I struck you, but in my favor I have had mercy on you. Therefore your gates shall be open continually. They shall not be shut by day or night, that men may bring to you the wealth of the Gentiles and their kings in procession. For the nation and kingdom that will not serve you shall perish, and those nations shall be utterly ruined. The glory of Lebanon shall come to you, the cypress, the pine, and the Box tree together, to beautify the place of my sanctuary, and I will make the place of my feet glorious. Also the sons of those who afflicted you shall come bowing to you, and all those who despised you shall fall prostrate at the sole of your feet, and they shall call you, the city of the Lord, Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Whereas you've been forsaken and hated, so that those who went through you—sorry, sorry, so that no one went through you—I will make you an eternal excellence, a joy of many generations. You shall drink the milk of gentiles and milk the breast of kings. You shall know that I, the Lord, and your Savior and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. So, how is it that the saints will reign over the earth, the unbelievers of the earth? because in this passage of scripture we see very clearly that the the unbelieving nations of the earth will still have their own leaders in place but it speaks about their kings and so they're not called kings anymore they're called presidents or prime ministers whatever the titles are given to them at this point in time but all the nations of the earth will still have their own governments in place and they will govern their own day-to-day affairs nothing Will change from that point of view. What will change is that they will govern in accordance with the laws of God that will be uh, given to them and they will have to govern according to the righteousness of God. Um, And so the the saint who has been given authority over ten cities, for argument's sake, that saint will visit those cities from time to time to ensure that. God's laws are being applied. They will sit and they will pronounce judgment on any disputes that have arisen during their their absence. But they will not be housed in those cities. Those cities and those nations will still have their own um, worldly governments in place. Just they're governing now with the guidelines given to them by God. So that's how that will work. In order for us again to have a clearer understanding, well, how does that pan out, we can go back again to the Old Covenant and we can look at the example there. The example that we would look at is the reign of Solomon because Solomon's reign was a type and shadow of our Lord's millennial reign. Now, under the reign of Solomon, what had happened is that the nation of Israel had conquered a lot of the surrounding nations uh, to uh, to Israel but those nations would remain intact and their kings and their leaders remained in place what israel did to those nations is that she imposed tribute on those surrounding nations and so those nations were required of israel to bring tribute to solomon in jerusalem on a year to year basis and they had to they were subjected to solomon's laws and so he would send emissaries into those nations to make sure that those nations were being governed according to his uh, uh, commands and they would as i say, be required to bring tribute but nevertheless each nation still had their own king in place and had their own leadership in place and that's how israel did it under the old covenant and that's how the saints will do it under the new we will be located in this one geographic location in the middle east jerusalem being the capital and The nations of the earth will still govern their own affairs, but according to the rules laid down by our Lord Jesus Christ, and obviously they will also be required to then pay tribute to our Lord Jesus Christ, which brings me to the next point, and that is the fact that the nations of the earth will in fact pay tribute to our Lord Jesus Christ on an annual basis, most probably more frequently than that, during our Lord's millennial reign. And we can pick up one of the accounts in Isaiah 60, verse 10 to 14. Scripture says, For sons of foreigners shall build up your walls, and their kings shall minister to you. For in my wrath I struck you, but in my favor I have had mercy on you. Therefore your gates shall be opened continually. They shall not be shut day or night, that men may bring to you the wealth of the Gentiles and their kings in procession. For the nation and kingdom which will not serve you shall perish, and those nations shall be utterly ruined. The glory of Lebanon shall come to you, the cypress, the pine, the box tree together, to beautify the place of my sanctuary, and I will make the place of my feet glorious. Also, the sons of those afflicted you shall come going to you, and all those who despised you shall fall prostrate at the soles of your feet, and they shall call you the city of the Lord, Zion of the Holy One of Israel. And so, very clearly, we see here that from day one, of our Lord's reign, that the nations of the earth, or more specifically, the leaders of the nations of the earth, will come to the city of Jerusalem and bring tribute. They will honor the Lord with gifts from their nations. And that will continue throughout our Lord's reign. That will not be a one-off event. That will be something that will happen all the time. The nations will be required to bring tribute to our Lord Jesus Christ and to the saints that are housed in that geographic location. Uh, The book of Psalms gives us a bit more insight into this part of our Lord's reign. Psalm 72, verse 15 and 16. Scripture says, And he shall live, and the gold of Sheba will be given to him. Prayer also will be made for him continually, and daily he shall be praised. There will be an abundance of grain in the earth on the top of the mountains. Its fruit shall wave like Lebanon, and those of the city shall flourish like grass of the earth. And so very clearly here, we see the nations of the earth bringing tribute to our Lord Jesus in the city of Jerusalem. More specifically in this account, we see the gold of Sheba being brought to our Lord Jesus. So where's that gold gonna come from? It's not gonna be because the nations will, begin, will continue mining in, uh, during our Lord's millennial reign. That will not happen. The earth will revert once again to an agricultural society. We'll look at that later in the series. So where will the gold come from? Well, currently in the earth today, there is roughly, well, there's literally hundreds of thousands of tons of gold kept in vaults all over the earth by the nations of the earth. Um, and so it is that, that gold will remain in the earth. It will not go away. It will be present on the earth when our Lord returns. And so it is that gold, those resources that the nations of the earth will bring to our Lord Jesus Christ during his reign, and that's the tribute that will be presented before him during that time. Going back to Isaiah 60, just gives us some more insight into the tribute that will be brought in by the nations of the earth on a regular basis, all the time, um, to our Lord Jesus Christ uh, during that period. Uh, verse 6 to 17 says, The multitude of camels shall cover your land, the dromedaries of Midian and Ephraim. All those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense, and they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedah shall be gathered together to you. The rams of Nabaioth shall minister to you. They shall ascend uh, with acceptance on my altar, and I will glorify the house of my glory. Verse 9. Surely the coastmen shall wait for me, and the ships of Tarshish will come first to bring your sons from afar their silver and their gold with them. To the name of the Lord your God and to the Holy One of Israel, because he has glorified you, verse 13. The glory of Lebanon shall come to you, the cypress, the pine, the box tree together to beautify the place of my sanctuary, and I will make the place of my feet glorious, verse 17. Instead of bronze, they will bring gold. Instead of iron, I will bring silver. Instead of wood, bronze. Instead of stones, iron. And I will make, also make your officers peace and your magistrates righteousness. And so very clearly again we see all of this tribute being brought to our lord jesus christ during his millennial reign so where's the silver and the bronze and the iron going to be coming from well again as there are vast stockpiles in the earth today of gold so there are vast stockpiles of silver gold bronze and iron out there in the earth as well all of that will be brought to our lord jesus christ by the nations of the earth as tribute on an ongoing basis again um we can go back to, as I say, Solomon's reign, and we will see that concept in order to get our minds around the concept. And then this last passage of Scripture I want to just highlight um, also talks about the tribute that we brought to the saints during that time. Isaiah 18, verse 1 to 7. Woe to the land shadowed with buzzing wings, which is beyond the rivers of Ethiopia, which sends ambassadors by sea, even in vessels of reed and of water, reed on the waters, saying ghost with messages to a na- nation tall and smooth of skin to a people terrible from the beginning onward a nation powerful and treading down whose land divides the rivers divide sorry all inhabitants of the world and dwellers of the earth where he lifts up a banner on the mountains you see it when he blows a trumpet you hear it for so the lord said to me i will take my rest and i will look from my dwelling place like the clear heat in sunshine like a cloud of dew in the heat of harvest verse 7 in that time, a present will be brought to the Lord of Hosts, to a people tall and smooth of skin, and to a people terrible from the beginning onward, a nation powerful in treading down, whose land the rivers divide, to the place of the name of the Lord of Hosts, and to Mount Zion. So, very clearly, we see the nations of the earth again bringing tribute to our Lord on a regular basis throughout his reign. What is interesting in this passage is that it talks about um, to a nation tall and smooth of skin. Now that is not really referring to the saints because the saints in their resurrected bodies will look exactly like they do today, just without any blemish whatsoever. Perfect bodies, but nevertheless looking exactly the same. Same height as well, same features, same height, no change in height. So it's not a case that when our Lord returns, all the saints are going to be made six feet tall and they're all going to have smooth skins. No, not at all. This description of people who are tall and smooth of skin, in fact, is referring to the angels of God because, uh, don't forget, our Lord, when he returns to the earth, will also return with his mighty angels. And so there will will be angelic beings in the city of Jerusalem where our Lord is, and that's the description given to us in Scripture of what they will look like to the unbelieving nations in the earth when they come to bring tribute. But nevertheless... The point that I wanted to raise from this passage and in this section is that continually tribute will be brought to the city of Jerusalem, to our Lord Jesus Christ, by all the unbelieving nations in the earth during his millennial reign. In the earth. I'm going to end the point on that. I'm sorry, in the teaching on that.